An hour before he shot himself, my best friend Philip Strayhorn called to talk about thumbs. Ever notice when you wash your hands how you don't really do your thumbs? What do you mean? It's your most important finger, but because it sticks out, away from the rest, you don't really wash it. A little dip and rub, maybe, but not nearly enough attention for all the work it does. It's probably the finger that gets dirtiest, too. That's what you called to tell me, Phil? It's very symbolic. Think about it. What are you reading these days? Plays. I'm still trying to find the right ones. I have to tell you, I bumped into Lee Onax the other day. Said he'd still give you half a million if you direct for him. I don't want to direct films anymore, Phil. You know how I feel. Sure, but $500,000 would help your theater a lot. Five dollars would help a lot. But if I went back and did a film now, it'd be fun and seductive, and I'd probably want to direct movies again. Remember in the Aeneid, the 140,000 different kinds of pain? I wonder what number yours would be. I don't want to be a famous Hollywood director anymore because it'd make me confused. Pain number 1387. Where are you calling from, Phil? L.A. We're still cutting the film. What's the title? Midnight Kills. I grinned. Terrific. What's the most horrible thing you do in it? The telephone line hissed over the 3,000 miles. Are you still there, Phil? Yeah. The most horrible thing is what I didn't do. You were making a movie, man. Bad things happen sometimes. Uh Uh-huh. How are you doing, Weber? Good. One of my main actors is really sick, but you've got to expect that when you're working here. I looked at the small Xerox poster tacked to the board above my desk. The New York Cancer Players present Friedrich Durenmott's The Visit. Our opening night is in a month. We're all getting nervous. Theater's so different, isn't it? With movies, opening night means everything is finished. Nothing you can do but sit back and watch. In the theater, though, it's all beginning. I remember that. There was a worn-out echo in his voice that I took for exhaustion. I was wrong. Sasha Makrianis called to tell me he was dead. She'd gone over to cook lunch and found him sitting on the patio in his favorite high-backed armchair. From behind, it looked like he'd fallen asleep while reading. A copy of Rilke's poetry was on the ground next to him, as well as an unopened can of Dr. Pepper. She called his name, then saw the book was covered with blood. Going over, she saw him slumped forward, what was left of his head spewed in a wide, splintered arc over everything. Running into the house to telephone the police, she found the body of Flea, his sharp hay dog, in the big brown wicker basket Phil brought from Yugoslavia. Hearing he'd killed the dog was almost as shocking as the news of Phil's death. Sasha often joked through gritted teeth that he loved Flea as much as her. The first thing that came to my mind was our thumb discussion. Was he thinking about that an hour later as he loaded the gun and put it in his mouth? Why had he chosen that as the topic of our last conversation? A few years before, we'd been through an earthquake together. As the ground rumbled... Phil kept saying over and over, 